You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. This is Anthony Scandariato with Discovery Multifamily and Red Knight Properties. Welcome back to our show. Uh, today, we have a special guest here with us, Robert Thompson, who is a realtor, REO, and short sale listing agent and specialist um, in the Portsmouth, Virginia area, specifically in Hampton Roads um, at Allison James Estates and Homes. Um, a little bit different than multifamily, but it still applies, obviously, to the industry. So what we want to discuss today is how in 2021, um, the REO and short sale process, first of all, how does it work in general? And second of all, how can investors and agents or customers even find these foreclosure properties and how can they be successful to close them? And then after they're closed, reposition them, turn them around, either sell them, refinance them, or just hold them outright. So we want to learn the whole process from soup to nuts. So, uh, Thank you, Rob, for coming on and explaining it to our audience. Thank you for having me. Sure. So tell us, first of all, tell us about you and then we can go into that topic. Okay. Um, First of all, I've been an agent for about 15 years now. Um, I got into short sales very early on in 2008 when they first became a thing. Um, I felt like it was important and people needed the help and It's just something for whatever reason I gravitated to, it just works. Um, And then I got into the foreclosures after that and kept moving forward from there. The beautiful thing about real estate is, and even being an investor that you work, ultimately you're working for yourself. You know, I spent years working for people, you know, I was a chemist at one time, 15 bosses, the whole nine yards, and I absolutely hated it. And once I got into real estate, I found my passion and what I love to do and been doing it ever since, been successful at it and hope to continue to be. Excellent. So how does, what is a foreclosure? What is a short sale? Can you kind of explain that to our audience a little bit? Okay. A short sale, essentially the bank takes less for the property than what is owed on it. So simply put, you owe 200,000. We're going to sell the house for 140. The bank pays the commission the bank basically pays for everything and typically will give a relocation fee to the buyer the or the seller. The beauty of a, of a short sale is it only sits on your record for two years to where a foreclosure or a deed in lieu where you return the property sits for seven years. Um, short sales in 2008, 2009, 2010 were not as popular um, and a lot of banks didn't understand them. So it was a bit of a nightmare process then. Uh, over the years, banks have understood how, they're wor- how they work. In every state, there are certain agents and there are certain businesses that literally that's all they do are short sales. So you can also reach out to them and say, what do you have available? Or what, what, who are some of your top agents that are doing these short sales? Um, at that point, when we were selling the house for less than what it cost, we put the house on the market. We typically, what I do, I get an, invo- an offer very quickly from one of my local investors. And again, every, every everybody needs to understand every agent has a top four, top five list of investors. And your goal as an investor is to get on that list, that short list, because I don't have time to wait around. It's not fair to my client that you may or may not want to make an offer and you want to do this and do that. So you submit the first offer. Now, typically I submit all my offers, they're going to be low ball offers because I want to know what the bank is going to come back with. 
And the sooner I know, the sooner we can move towards a real offer. So let's say we put a house on the market for 140, the bank comes back, they appraise it, they review the property and they say, well, we think the house is worth 160. Great, now we have a number. Then at that point, we, have, we can either the investor can move forward with the offer for 160 or we can put the house back on the market. We know we're gonna get an offer because it's still less than what the house is worth. And it's better to the bank because a foreclosed property sells for less than any other thing on the market, period, always has and always will. A short sale will not cost the bank as much. There's no carry-in cost. There's no outside third party that has to board the property up and do all of that. So it's advantageous to the bank to do the short sale. The beauty of what we have going on right now, if you can call it beauty, is the fact that since there are no real major amount of foreclosures, the banks have time to get short sales done in a timely fashion to where years ago they would take six months to a year, sometimes even longer. Now they're averaging about a month, month and a half, at least in my market. And of course, that depends on the bank and things of that nature. But for the most part, it's about a month to two months to where we get all the way done. Then you close. Then at that point, that's the investor has the opportunity. They can quick flip it. They can rehab it completely and resell it. They can hold it and rent it out. There's, you know, a myriad of, of choices and options. And a lot of times it depends on every individual scenario along the way. I've had investors that typically will rehab but they also got such a good deal on the property that another investor is willing to pay them 20 grand over what they paid. They'll take the quick 20, go ahead and flip it right over to them and keep going. So you see a lot of that. That's excellent explaining that. So how, so you said that, so how long does the negotiations usually take between uh, you as the agent, your, your client and the bank for a short sale? You know, could it take, because the bank wants to get it off their books, right? As quickly as possible. The bank wants to get it off their books. Most of the negotiation period really is deciding a price point, which in my case, I always pull the comps and then meet the appraiser at the house. Remember, I want the lowest number possible because that helps my investor. It also helps my client because the house gets gone that much faster. A lot of the negotiation is with the exterior stuff. And what I mean by exterior stuff I have a client right now that has three liens on his short sale property and it's all like one main financial. It's your the third party type of liens. So we've got to go to those companies and negotiate deal. Okay. This person owes you 15 grand. You're not going to get anything if the house forecloses because you're second on here, the bank's getting everything. So here's the trade-off. We can give you three grand or you can get nothing. So you kind of have to play that game depending on who the company is. Um, and some companies are easier than other. There's some of the, the pool companies. Remember that was a big deal a few years ago to where you could, you know, have an, have an above ground pool built in and then you would pay the money and you would make payments on it. Well, okay, well what happens to that person when they lose their, when the house gets short sale? Pool company wants their money. So those can be some tough negotiations because they're basically just like whatever foreclosed because it's, you know, it's high interest rate. So that's where the time gets involved and gets extra. That's where you really need to have an agent that knows how to negotiate because you basically kind of have to 
put your foot in somebody's face and say, do you want a little bit of this pie or do you want none? Because this is what's going to happen. And for the most part, they get on board and there's all sorts of ways to make those numbers work and make those extra lien holders go away so we can, you know, finally close on the property and make everybody happy or at least happy enough. That makes sense. So when you're dealing with extra liens on the property, uh, whether it's utility lien or tax lien, whatever the case may be, typically for both the foreclosures and the short sales, what would be more avid, you know, is this, these are all cash investments for the most part, correct? For the most part, yes. Okay. Before. In what instance would they be financed? Um, if the property is not in that bad of shape, there's the myth that a foreclosure is going to be beat down and beat all to heck. And that's not the case. Most of my foreclosures, and I've done hundreds of foreclosures at this point, most of the time they're not in bad shape. I mean, they need to be updated, but they're not falling apart. It's like anything else. If they're in a uh, low income community, then, okay, they're probably going to be in worse shape simply because it's a lower value property. But I've had million dollar foreclosures before on the water to where, yeah, it looked like 1992 landed on it and it needed to be updated, but it still sold fairly quickly and the folks got a good deal on it. So what is a million dollar property? If they got it for, you know, $850,000, they're still making money off the property. And with a little bit of bathroom updating and kitchen updating, they're good to go. So I think folks get wrapped up into the, okay, it's been vacant for six months. Well, whatever. And, or they get wrapped up into it's a foreclosure. There's going to be, you know, thousands of problems because my cousin's brother's uncle bought one and it turned out bad. Yes. Does it happen? Certainly. But most of the time you can do a little bit of due diligence before you put the offer in. And you also have to add in that risk factor. I mean, always assume that the roof is bad. Always assume that you're going to have to, you know, put in twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in it. And when you don't, you're pleasantly surprised and you're happy. And again, you can do a lot of that due diligence before you put your offer in. You know, get a quick termite moisture report. It's an eighty-five dollar item. You know, nobody needs to be there. The property is vacant. Nine out of ten times, the agent's going to let you do that. I certainly will. And you can go ahead and then you'll know, okay, well, I don't have any termite issues. So more than likely I'm in good shape. What's the age of the property? The property is 15 years old. We know the roof is 15 years old. Simple math. That's great. Typically have another 15 years on the roof. That's one less thing we've got to deal with. I'm going to look at the windows. Are they low grade, you know, contractor windows that a developer put in very cheaply? Okay. Those will need to be replaced. And if they're not, that's one less thing I got to deal with. So you just kind of have to do a little bit of research on the property and point blank, just ask the investor, or I mean, sorry, ask the agent what's going on and why. And most agents, the more questions you ask, the more that at least I realize that you're serious and you want to make this work. Excellent. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what's a sheriff's sale for our audience? Again, the, the short sale for all intents and purposes is you have somebody that's living in the sheriff, house. Sheriff sale. Sheriff. A sheriff sale. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. A sheriff okay. sale realistically is where the city is going to do the sheriff sale. It's a tax sale. Basically you owe $4,000 worth of taxes on the property. You can technically buy the house for the $4,000 in taxes. The problem with that, and a lot of people fail to understand that, that you're still in second position if there's a loan on the house. 
So that works great when the house is paid off. Yes, you can make a little bit of money off the tax sale, but nine out of 10 times that property's got a lien on it. And okay, yes, you're in second position. You might make some money, but it's kind of a, I would call it a crapshoot. I don't, most, and I, and I've, I've been to those tax sales with investors and been to sheriff sales. Um, and a lot of times it never quite turns out as people think it's going to turn out. You know, my opinion in this market is investors need to reach out to the agents that are doing this type of work. And again, get on the top of that list. Yeah, you can reach out to the community and you might find somebody that's, you know, their cousins, again, cousins, mothers, brothers got a home that they're going to sell and it happens. And let's be honest, those are the ideal situations. But you also kind of be, you got to be matter of fact and to the point about it. And I think that's where people get upset with the we buy houses guys because they kind of come across, right, wrong or otherwise, a little bit used car salesman, we'll call it. To where they better they're better off walking into the house and being honest. You know, when I when I meet with my short sale clients, I tell them point blank: the only one that's going to make money off this house is the investor and me, the agent. Right, wrong, or otherwise, that's a fact. You know, it's not fair, but we're getting the house off of your plate, and that's still better than a foreclosure. For sure, for sure. Um, so when you're advising clients, how do they find you as, how do you market yourself as a foreclosure short sale expert? Because I feel, and you've been doing this for many, many years. I feel there's a lot of real estate agents. First of all, they don't really, they don't really, they just sell homes, right? They just any, yeah. in any condition, they'll just take whatever listing that they want. How did you like find your niche and are sticking, you know, how are you able to stick with it as, and I guess, the, probably the simple answer would be is you have re repeat investor clients that keep coming back that want deals, right? Yeah, I have. I I, I fell into, I literally, I, I fell into it because I was doing a lot of listing appointments and a lot of people, especially in 2008, 2009, you know, just didn't have any equity in the home, but were behind on their payments. So I knew about short sales and just quite honestly, just started reading them, reading about them and how to do them and just did them trial by fire. I mean, at one point in 2010, I probably had 60, 70 short sales that I was working on by myself, which is part of the reason I left my brokerage I was with at the time, because I wasn't getting any help. And I'm literally spending all day, one day making phone calls, next day listing appointments, third day making phone calls over and over again, because I was overwhelmed with the amount of paperwork and stuff I had to do. Um so in terms of marketing, it be, kind of became, okay, well, I'm the go-to guy. Just, I mean, I, to this day, I have agents. Those two new short sales I'm getting were referred to me by another agent because they don't want to deal with the hassle, which to me is silly because you know what? I'll take the money and run and I'm going to end up, you know, double ending the deal anyway, because it's going to be my investor that writes the offer. So as far as marketing goes, um, all of my Facebook people, even my, my regular personal Facebook page which is really a mix of, of real estate and personal. Um, my professional Facebook page, my LinkedIn page, um, my website, bobtheagent.com. And I have a Mr. Short Sale website now in Virginia because I'm licensed in Virginia and North Carolina. So I can do short sales all over the state of Virginia if I choose to and North Carolina and would love to. 
So I'm really trying to push that because you're going to see more and more of them. I'm, um, I've got a, I got a referral yesterday from a past client and friend of mine whose buddy is run into some trouble and he's in a situation where obviously the bank can't foreclose right now because of what's going on, but that day is coming and he's trying to figure out what to do next. So it's, we're going to short sell the house because the bank forecloses, he gets nothing. If we short sell, he'll at least get a $3,000, typically a $3,000 relocation fee, which will help him and his family out so they can put money down on a, on a rental or something of that nature. Right. And, and that makes a lot of sense. So how do um, investors get over the hump of buying with, for the most part, cash on uh, some of these for, you know, foreclosures or short sale investments? How do they, you know, have you seen, like you mentioned, if the property's in decent shape, it's probably financeable, but how do you um, present? Cause you want to, your, your real goal is to convince the bank to take your offer. Right. So Correct. How do you you know convince the bank when there's a finance situation, um, unless the bank is going to finance it for the new client that maybe has better credit or better income that can make the payments? Do you see that happening a lot? Um, what's right the most now, common? Yeah, uh, conventional loans are still fine because again you're you're appraising for value, so that's fine. Um, and uh, anything below in my market below 150 is going to be cash. Cash is king. Um, and you can do that two ways. You can call it cash and write it into the contract that you're allowed to convert it to a hard money loan. And if the agent doesn't notice it, the agent doesn't notice it and you keep moving forward and there's nothing they can do about that. And there's a lot of agents that may not necessarily pay attention to the inner workings of the contract, especially if they're running along and being busy and doing their thing, not all agents, but some agents will, will miss that. Um, the other thing is closing quickly and no inspections. And you can do that and still understand what's going on with the property. Again, when the house gets listed, you can ask the agent, can I call my termite guy? So go out and do a termite inspection. Um, you know, the house is going to go under contract in the next two, three a day, two or three days. So be quick about it. Get a contractor out there to look at the property for an hour and a half, pay a little mo bit of money on the front end. So you can put your best foot forward and, and say, okay, Bob, this is your foreclosure listing. I want to buy it. It is a hard money loan, but we can close in a week and a half, no contingencies done. We're finished. And that lets me know that you're serious. And on top of things, be aggressive. You know, at least that's my, I'm always of the opinion that be aggressive and let me know what you want and let me know that you want the property. And let's not, you know, I get a lot of what I would say newbie investors that have received poor information and they just kind of want to whine and dine. Hey, we can do some deals together and we're going to make lots of money. And no, I'm a grown man. I've been in this industry for 15 years. Come at me with some honesty and say, Bob, what do I need to do to get this property? Help me out. And then I know you're qualified. I know you're serious. Then I will go to the ends of, ends of the earth to help you because I'd rather you just come at me with honesty than, you know, you can't, you can't out sales a salesman. You know, I do this every day. Don't try to sell me your bill of goods and expect me to believe you. It's not going to happen. So come at me with some honesty. Tell me what you want and let's start putting our heads together and make it work. And a lot of times, at least with me, 
that's going to get you a lot further than trying to, you know, trying to sell me a used car. No, this is really excellent information and really appreciate the insight and knowledge. How could people find you, Rob? Um, well, obviously in the state of Virginia, they can, uh, for North Carolina, they can call me at 757-403-5401. Um, two things that I do that I think I do well is I'm going to tell you the truth and I answer the phone. It's kind of my thing. Um, I don't have a big power team. Um, I'm ha very hands-on, right, wrong, or otherwise. Um, they can also email me, um, go to my website, bobtheagent.com, uh, Mr. Short Sale. Uh, which is a work in progress. So I apologize if it looks like garbage, but we're getting there. Um, but nine out of 10 times, just give me a phone call. Quite honestly, shoot me a text. Uh, even if it's just questions, I don't understand how I think investors are scared to, new investors are scared to admit that they don't know everything and don't always reach out and ask those questions. So why do a trial by fire when you can just point blank ask, especially if, if you're telling me that you're serious about this and you can, and you have the finances to do it, well, then wouldn't I want to help you because I know that's another investor that I can count on later when I need to put an offer on something or when I get a property or when I get, when the influx starts again, I want to have my top people by my side through the process, the guys that I can count on. So just tell me what you don't understand and tell me what you want to do and I can help you with that. And I don't understand why agents don't pursue it more. And I don't understand why investors don't always do a very good job of reaching out and asking those questions. A little bit le less hurrah, less rah-rah and more, you know, let's get real and ask some questions and get it done. For sure, Rob. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure a lot of my audience can appreciate the honesty and just the, the willingness to learn, I think, is more important. If you haven't done it before, um, just be honest about it. And uh, Rob can kind of guide you through it. So really appreciate you coming on our show today. Uh, we'll have a link to um, Rob's, if that's okay, your number, yeah. if anybody wants to reach out, your website in the show notes. If you liked what you heard and saw, uh, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. We would appreciate that. So it helps mine and Rob's message get out to a larger audience. That's just the way podcasts work. So again, really appreciate you coming on a lot of knowledge. Uh, I learned a lot from this actually. So Really appreciate you coming on and, and hope to have you on again soon. I would like that. And um, I'll try to talk a little bit slower next time because I have a tendency to ramble on and I'm passionate about what I do. So sometimes it can be like, okay, Bob, shut your mouth and be <laughs> and wait for somebody else to talk. Um, no, but I, I enjoyed it. it. And again, I'm always here to help. Um, even if it's just a simple phone call, a quick text, whatever, I'm here to help. Not a big deal. No, it was, it was really great and really appreciate you coming on again. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.